Welcome to Stonebridge's online worship. I'm Jonathan. I'm Lee. And we're doing things uh, differently. So, Lee, what, what can we expect this week? Well, we're going to have a uh, time of worship with the band, a uh, message from Pastor Neil, and a Mexico mission report. And, you know, in the coming weeks, we're going to have some different video elements and things like that that we're going to add to kind of make it fun and help us all feel more connected with one another. We realize this is a challenging season, uh, but it will come to an end, and we're going to get through it together. Again, welcome to worship. Hey, Stonebridge Church. Uh, welcome to Worship Online. Uh, this is our new normal for a while. Um, but we are, uh, even though we are all in our homes, we are all in this together. So let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to worship you, and I pray, Lord, that you would be honored by what we do. I pray that you would touch our hearts by your Spirit, give us peace, give us comfort, give us an assurance of your presence and power, Lord. Um, I thank you, Lord, that uh, your great love for us and your power are never changing and that you are always with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord. Strong. 
down on my knees again Surrendering all Surrendering all Find me here Lord as you draw me near I'm desperate for you Desperate for you I surrender Drench my soul as mercy and grace
way Lord have your way in me like a mighty storm stir within my soul Lord have your way Lord have your way in me Lord have your way Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Due to COVID-19, how we will be doing church for the next several weeks is going to look very different. Please be patient because this week, there is a lot to cover. This week, in order to comply with the CDC recommendations, the Stonebridge Elder Board voted to close the Stonebridge campus to all meetings. This decision will be re-evaluated on April 21st. In the meantime, with the help of Zoom and other online platforms, growth groups are going virtual. Contact Barbara Waite to sign up for a group or to become an online virtual leader. Kids Church and Student Ministries has also gone virtual. Contact Miss Stephanie or Pastor Cynthia to learn how your kids can participate. As part of worship, continue to share your prayers and praises so that our staff and care teams can pray for you and your family. Email directly to prayers at stonebridgecme.com or if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the connection card. Your attendance is important to us. Lastly, this Monday night, support our global mission partners in Uganda by ordering takeout from Sharkies. Download a flyer from last week's newsletter, Uversion, or pick up a flyer at the church office. Once again, welcome to Stonebridge Online. I am so excited to share with you what happened last weekend in Mexico. A team of 11 members from Stonebridge went down and completed the Hands of Mercy Loft House in partnership with uh, members of the church in Mexico. Um, check this out. It's been really cool because we came down here with a really small team, like half as many people as we usually do. But we came down here knowing that God wanted us to come down here and that he would fill in the gaps, that he would take care of it. And we get down here and there's all of these great people from Hands of Mercy all over the place. There's the family that goes with the, the, um, the house that's being built. There's people from the community. There's all these little kids willing to help. So suddenly we've got more than enough help. I feel that God is calling me to find real meaningful ways to express grace and mercy and compassion to others 
And so my hope is that uh, God will give them the opportunity to show that kind of uh, mercy and grace and compassion to other people down the road and in that way, you know, bring, be the hands and feet of, of Jesus. I love the people. Uh, I love being a, a tool in God's hands. I just love it when, when he uses me um, in however, you know, he uses me. And it's different every time. actually a plan B presentation. I am in the sanctuary, uh, but this is early in the week, and it's just in case later this week I get down to San Diego, and for some reason there's a mandate or some problem, and I'm not able to get back up on Saturday when we record the whole worship service. So we're going to record it once this way. It's a little bit different camera, a little bit different setup, but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. And uh, we'll, we'll get to preaching. So uh, I was just thinking about a crisis that we had in this nation some time ago, 9-11. And what I remember about 9-11 is that one of the most endearing uh, symbols of 9-11 for me was the American flag draped over uh, overpasses on freeways. And it was as far as you could see. Every time you drove along, there was another American flag. And what it demonstrated was the unity of our nation. We were uh, all under the same flag. We were one. And that was such a great symbol for our nation in crisis. Unfortunately, so far in this coronavirus crisis, it seems like uh, the symbols so far may be toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Uh, we haven't come together yet 
in some ways we're taking advantage of each other or we're just doing our own thing and hoping for the best for ourselves. Uh, probably you've heard of the brothers who drove through Tennessee and Kentucky buying 17,000 hand sanitizers, cleared out Dollar Tree and all those kinds of places, uh, and then tried to sell them on eBay for up to $70 a bottle. And then eBay and Amazon cut them off and now they're donating it, which is great. But uh, it was really a sense, and you've seen people maybe taking a lot of toilet paper and, and then trying to sell them for $5 a roll in the Costco parking lots. It's people trying to make a fast buck off of other people's sufferings, and we don't like to see that. Uh, I'm hoping that before all this is over, perhaps in the United States, but maybe in the entire world, there's a symbol or two of the unity of all of us coming together because we are all in this together. Listen, we've learned that what happens in China and in Italy and in other places impacts us. And what happens here impacts people in other places as well. And it impacts us, what happens in our own restaurants and in our own churches. Uh, it impacts not just us, but the most vulnerable among us. Eventually, uh, the good in the world is going to come through. And we're going to have amazing stories of the goodness of people helping one another. But we should not be surprised when some people take advantage of the situation. It's happening today. It happened in Nehemiah's time. We're in Nehemiah chapter 5. And uh, it happened then. People took advantage of the situation it started out in chapters 1 and 2 and 3 where things were going well and people were working well together. And then chapter 4, some, uh, there were some people outside, some enemies, and they had to fight and prepare themselves. But now in chapter 5, there's trouble, and it's coming from within the community itself. Uh, we saw in 1 and 2 and 3 that it was the priests and the goldsmiths and the perfumers alongside the uh, everyday workers who are working together, but trouble comes. So before I read it, uh, just a little bit of history, uh, long before Nehemiah, when Israel was conquered by outside enemies, um, probably Babylon as well, uh, that people had to sell their children into slavery just to get food to eat or to mortgage their land, uh, to get seeds to plant, uh, it was a horrible situation. And then when things got a little bit better, other Israelites came together and pooled their money to buy back people's children out of slavery. Can you imagine if we had a nonprofit organization, a ministry in our church that was about buying back the children of other people in our church out of slavery and the, the offering plate comes by, we'd all be putting money in, right? I mean, it's people we know, their children, in slavery in foreign lands. Awful, awful situation. Uh, that was back then, and thank goodness uh, that we don't face problems like that here. As I say, that happened long before Nehemiah got to Jerusalem. Now, fast forward to present-day Nehemiah time. People are working side by side. They're rebuilding the wall. And then he hears some complaints from parents in his community. 
it turns out that their children are again being sold into slavery to pay off mortgages, to, to buy food, to pay taxes, but listen for who is buying their children as slaves. It comes from uh, Nehemiah, uh, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their fellow Jews. Some were saying, We and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. We are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. Although we are of the same flesh and blood as our fellow Jews, and though our children are as good as theirs, yet we have, have to subject our sons and daughters to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belong to others. So pause there. Who's lending them money with interest to the point of enslaving their children? It's not foreigners. It's fellow Israelites. It's their neighbors. It's people around them. We're talking about enslaving people's children. Forget about toilet paper and hand sanitizer. This is really, really bad. And then uh, Nehemiah says this, When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry. I pondered them in my mind and then accused the nobles and officials. I told them, you are charging your own people interest. So I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our fellow Jews who were sold to the Gentiles, to the enemies. Now you're selling your own people only for them to be sold back to us. Listen to this. They kept quiet because they couldn't find anything to say. Absolutely. They were ashamed. Give back to them immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses, and also the interest you are charging them. 1% of the money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. We will give it back, they said, and we will not demand anything more from them. We will do as you say. So uh, they came clean, these noblemen and officials. But I want to be clear about something, because we read 1% interest, and we're like, how do I get on, on, in on that deal? Uh, for mortgages or... Uh, groceries, who wouldn't want 1%? Here's the thing. It was 1% per month. It was 12% a year, which was exorbitant at those times. Uh, some of us remember back far enough that interest rates were around 10 and 12%. Uh, but for a long time, they've been so much lower. But back then, that was so high, people had to chill, sell their children into slavery because of it. Back then, for them, it was like a $70 bottle of hand sanitizer. It was completely taking advantage of the weakest and most vulnerable among them. They could say nothing. So I want us to recognize, first point, we're in this together. We're in this together. Nehemiah says, I and my brothers and my men are also lending the people money and grain. But let's stop charging interest. So... Nehemiah and the team that he had around him, they were working with people. Now, by the way, they weren't just giving money away. Uh, certainly there's opportunity to um, be philanthropic and to take care of the needs of others. But this was the community supporting one another, lending to one another. But Nehemiah said, let's not charge interest. 
Let's just lend it to them with the expectation that when things get better, they will pay it back. So we are in this together. A couple ways we're in this together. We're in this together as a city. Coronavirus is now spreading because of community contact within communities, within cities like ours. Cruise lines have shut down, then schools closed, then churches, now restaurants. We all may be facing quarantine at some point, uh, but we will lose more in the midst of all of that if we maintain an us and them attitude. If we really try to just be about ourselves, when in fact we are in this together. We're in this together with the restaurant staffs that have been laid off and the business owners whose businesses have closed and the teachers who are having to do uh, online plans for entire semesters now for students and for students who are all home and for parents who are trying to find childcare for their kids who are home. We're in this together. And I'm not sure what that's going to look like but we can be thoughtful about how we can help. Maybe as a church, throughout our community, but also on an individual basis. For example, I was at a restaurant recently with a family, I mean, a few days ago when we could still go to restaurants, and uh, the restaurant was practically empty. And we had a conversation with a waiter, and they said it had been like this for days. And when the bill came, the family's bill was about $50, which means a 20% tip would be about $10. And uh, the person paying the bill left $15, a, a really, you know, significantly more than the 20%. But what they said was, is that waiter needs the $5 more than I do. I think that's a way that we can be in this together, even with people we don't know. I don't know what, for sure what that means to us as individuals and for us as a church, but I do know this. It means we don't hoard we don't hoard the things that we don't need, and we don't try to make a dollar off the suffering of others. We're also in this together as a church. Let's start with our church and our church friends. This crisis is hard on all of us, some more than others. Let's check in on one another. Let's call each other, make some friendly phone calls or send some emails. Most of us have not experienced this kind of isolation where we can't go to be with friends, we don't feel comfortable hanging out with each other anymore, we aren't sure if we're even allowed to go to restaurants, and when it comes to growth groups, are we supposed to meet or not? And we'll say that uh, that's totally up to your group. Uh, we've given you the, uh, and you've seen online, uh, all of the mandates and the requirements and the rules. Uh, it's up to growth groups to let themselves decide whether they're meeting or not. But wow, if they can, what an opportunity um, to care for one another. But I'd like you to participate in an experiment with me right now. You're there, you're sitting at home or somewhere uh, watching this. I'd like to ask you in a minute to pause the video and contact one person. It can be a text or it can be an email. Uh, heck, you can write on an envelope their name with the intention of writing a handwritten note to them uh, as soon as this is over. Or you can make a brief phone call. And what you say to them is, hey, I just want you to know, we're in this together. Let the person know you're watching your church service 
And everyone in the church is pausing the video and reaching out to one person to say, we're in this together. We have about three to 500 people watching the video online. Imagine three to 500 people getting uh, outside of our group, getting some kind of contact from someone saying, we're in this together. We care about you. Uh, we're part of Stonebridge. That would be awesome. All right. So uh, are you ready? Have you got the instruction? If you need to hear the instruction again, just rewind this a little bit and on your mark, get set, pause and contact somebody. All right, now I know that some of you have not paused. You're waiting. You're, you're just going to sit there through it, right? You know who you are. Raise your hand. Guilty. I'm, I'm going to call, start calling out names. All right, welcome back, all of those of you who paused. And uh, I hope that you contacted someone. And uh, uh, we are in this together. And we're, we're in this together as a city. We're in this together as a church. And we're in this together with Christ. Jesus said he would never leave us or forsake us. God wants to be a part of this challenging time in our lives. So here's another thing we can do. If you would like us to pray for you, you can email us at the church. And you can send us your uh, prayer request and our prayer team will pray for you. And if you're a member of our church, if you're a part of our church and you'd like to be on that prayer team, contact Sally. I'm going to move us on to the end of the chapter to discover a very simple but important second lesson. And the lesson is this. Leaders lead, and so do the rest of us. Leaders lead, and so do the rest of us. Nehemiah 5, 16 to 18 says, Out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself to the work on this wall. All my men were assembled there for the work. We did not acquire any land. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table, as well as those who came to us from the surrounding nations. Each day, one ox, six sheep, and some poultry were prepared for me, and every ten days, an abundant supply of wine of all kinds. In spite of all of this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor, because the demands were so heavy on all the people. Uh, it makes me think of those people who are hoarding and I mean, don't you just want to shake people who are, who are filling their uh, carts with thermometers that other people need so that they can sell them to them at an increased rate or, or water or all of those kinds of things? Uh, we want to go to leaders and ask them to do something about those people. And thankfully, places like Amazon and eBay have. Luckily for the people on the wall in Jerusalem, they had a leader who demonstrated character who had values, who lived the life he was talking about long before the crisis came. Nehemiah called out the business people, the financial people, and told them that to their faces that they were wrong and were dishonoring God. He couldn't do that if he had lived the same kind of life, if he had done the same kinds of things they had done. So we read not only that he daily fed 150 people out of his own resources, but he didn't even collect the, the, the food that was allotted to the governor because he said, you know what, everybody else is doing worse than me. They need the $5 more than I do. They need the food more than I do. So out of his own pocket, he supplied. And the same was true of his team that he had built around him to get the work done. Of, of course, they were going to be like that because they followed his lead. 
He demonstrated character, and so did the rest of them. Leaders lead, and so do the rest of us. That's what we need to be and do. Um, I just want to say, this is a challenging time for us. And all of us together are doing all that we can, and, and we will probably do more. But can I say that I am so hopeful that Stonebridge reaches out to our community, that people who have never been here before, but who have been blessed by our online presence, say, that's a church I'd like to go to once we're able to go back to church. That's the kind of leadership that we need to have. All of us need to have. I'm so grateful for the pastors and the staff of this church that I've had a chance to meet them. They are people of character. I haven't known them long, but I, I back them up 100% because I've seen them live out their passion and enthusiasm and give, a, give their time in generous, even sacrificial ways. Of course, there are hundreds of members living out life exactly the same way. So thank you for that. About uh, your members working hard and doing so much for the church, thank you. I haven't been at, I have, so, so I have been at churches where volunteers were mostly retired people. You know, we could have meetings at four o'clock in the afternoon because nobody had to go to work. I once had a woman uh, 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 come into my office. She and her husband had been married about 40 years and he had retired about six months before. She sat down and she started talking and she got teary and she had great concerns. And I finally said, what can I do for you? She looked at me and she said, she said get my husband a job at the church. She wanted him to come volunteer and get out of her house during the day. She, he was driving her crazy. There's churches with people like that. Stonebridge isn't that kind of a church. Sure, we're grateful for the retirees who are here who, who give so much of their time, but most of our people, most of our people are 40 hour a week and more people. We call, we call volunteering at Stonebridge the 41st hour. We know that you're giving of yourselves the first hour after work. And our meetings can't start till 7 because people are driving home from work. So thank you for giving so much, uh, even when you work so hard. I think that's an example of people uh, leading, whether they're leaders or not. Leaders lead and so do the rest of us. So as we wrap up, I just want to say I am aware that we haven't seen Jesus too clearly in this text. I mean, it's Nehemiah chapter 5. Uh, there, there was hardly a mention of God, much less a mention of Jesus. Now, in the Old Testament, you can often see references to Jesus and make connections. But in this text, it wasn't so easy. But there were a couple places where Jesus showed up, if you look for him. I'll show you two. The first one is... He showed up in the story when the nobles and officials kept quiet because they could find nothing to say. I think Jesus' presence was there, the presence of grace and the love of God, and they had to put their heads down and be ashamed of what they'd been doing to their fellow Israelites. And the second time that Jesus showed up was when you paused the video. We are Jesus' hands and feet. Today, Jesus wants to reach out and comfort others. And when you pause the video and you checked in on someone, 
You texted someone, you emailed or made a short phone call or you wrote a quick note. Uh, you were Jesus in the sermon today. The crisis isn't over. It could get worse before it gets better. We need to be in this together as a city, as a church, and in Christ. Jesus, in the New Testament, says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's not grow weary in well-doing. And then Jesus did tell this story that had this ending, Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. May it be said of all of us, because we are in this together. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful that you are here among us. Whether I'm by myself in this sanctuary recording this, or someone is by themselves in their kitchen or living room or car, or listening to it on audio, we may be alone physically, but we are together in spirit. And where two or three are gathered, your spirit is there as well. And so we gather in your name and pray your blessing on all the efforts we make. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Stonebridge Church, let's sing one more song together. This is a song called Yes, I Will, and it is a song about trusting God. I count on one thing, the same God who never fails will not fail me now. God who's never late is working all things out, working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. Count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now He won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out Working all things out Yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Lift you high in the lowest valley, yeah.
Hi Stonebridge, Pastor Neil here. So glad to see you, even if it's remotely, and uh, glad to have you worshiping with us. I'm at home. Uh, I am doing what the governor has told us all to do and to stay home. Our staff is doing that as well, and I gotta say thank you to Lee, who has a studio in his house and was able to do the recording of the songs there. I'm going to take a minute and talk to you about offering. So you can imagine that this is an important time uh, for us in the life of our church in terms of giving and receiving. Some of us have uh, had big changes in our life and we are not able to give and we understand that completely and uh, want you to understand that we know that. For those of us who are uh, able to give, if you've been giving by check, go ahead and mail those in. Uh, we have sent out some envelopes to make that a, uh, you're able to do that. But what we'd like most people to do is to be able to um, give online. You can go to our church website, stonebridgesemi.com, and just scroll down to online giving, and you can give via PayPal or your credit card. You can give one time, or you can give regularly. So, uh, please, if you are able to give this is an important time in the life of our church for you to do so. And I want to thank you for that. Mm -hmm.